Hi, I'm Britt Vasacek. I'm the host of Poly You Wanna Podcast. I'm not a professional counselor, nor am I a professional polyamorous person. Poly Wanna Podcast is a collection of stories, opinions, and perspectives about the polyamorous lifestyle. The voices you hear, including the host, offer their subjective interpretations and don't intend to convince you or shame you. We're just letting you into our vulnerable and complicated little worlds. Brought to you by the Mockingbird Network. This is Britt Vasacek with Polly Wanna Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I'm here with my guest, Jonathan Walker. Say hi, Johnny. Hey, everybody. Here's Johnny. <laughs> Do people say that to you a lot? No, never. No. It's never, I, I don't even know what you're referencing there, honestly. Oh, it's um a late night talk show. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'll show a clip of, the, no, I, of it to I, you. I, I knew, I'm sorry. I was being really sarcastic. It's oh, really okay. Yeah. So people do say that to you a lot. No, they don't. But you do know where it's from. I was just from. being a dick. I'm being a little facetious. Right. That's okay. We're all a little cranky this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to start introducing you like that from now on. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so that way you'll... So from here on out, listeners, if I say, here's Johnny, it's going to be Jonathan Walker. If I say, here's my guest, Jonathan, it's a different Jonathan. And you can stop listening because that Jonathan probably isn't as interesting. Johnny Carson, right? That's who we're talking about? Yeah, that's okay. who we're talking about. I just wanted to be sure. Because like, I'm like, wait, now I'm second guessing myself. But yeah, okay. Right. <laughs> it's also from, what's that scary movie where he does that? Oh, The Shining. Yeah. 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 That's always what I think of. Right. That's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, uh, today <laughs> we're just going to be uh, talking about um, movies where Here's Johnny is yelled. Um, and we're no. pretty much done then. That's yeah. Thank you guys it. for listening. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. We're going to be talking about um, common poly mistakes, mistakes that people entering into polyamory make normally. Um, although you don't have to be just entering into polyamory to make these mistakes. I was going to say I've met plenty of people that have been doing poly for a while that step on a landmine on accident. Well, it's one of the things that I like most about poly is how... Once you start saying yes to things instead of saying no, like once you start opening doors and exploring yourself, um, you find more and more things to learn. Mm-hmm. It's one of those growth mentality things where I've known, I've and me myself and people that I've known that have been living the poly lifestyle for 10 plus years are still learning new things about themselves. So you don't want to shame anybody. Um, or, or make it sound like if you're doing these things, then you're you're doing something wrong. Um, yeah, sometimes it's just training wheels, and it's stuff that you need, right? You know, to make you feel more comfortable with a trans a relationship transition. If you're if you've been poly for a long time and you and you need like a break, and or you're feeling insecure, stuff like that. Or if you're just entering the lifestyle and you don't know if you're ready for all like the fucking crazy, you're like, okay, well, like let's set this boundary. Um, but normally those boundaries are temporary. I know sure. they feel very permanent at the time, but as you grow, you know. Right. Um, and, and the way that the way that I uh, ranked these as I was writing them down was by the most common. In other words, the ones that I see most frequently. So if this is you, if you're doing these things, then it's OK. The reason that I'm listing them here is because they're common. They're common. They happen a lot. Your life coach is showing. Yeah. With your little outline and you your know, growth mentality I, stuff. I do that. <laughs> um. This is why we have you here. I, I, I'm aware of what I bring to the table, uh, and it's literally a notepad, and it's cute, it's... and <laughs> it All has right. kittens on it. It doesn't have kittens on no, it. No, I wish it did. It could. We could make that change. It's might. It that might have to happen. Um, <laughs> so, what's the first mistake? The most common mistake. 
Uh, so this one is really broad, but it's just making assumptions. Okay, yeah, good. We can move on. Even mono people do that. <laughs> Everyone just makes assumptions all the time. You know what they say about assumptions? Makes an ass out of you and umptions. Yeah, that's exactly what they say. <laughs> um, now, this one is very, very common. Uh, and it literally just means um, making assumptions about anything. So so the, what I think the most common thing is entering a new relationship with somebody else in the poly lifestyle and assuming things about them or assuming things about the way that they poly or boundaries that they might have or the dynamic of the relationship that they have with their other partners. Um, one of the first things you have to do when you enter polyamory, if you're going to be successful at it, is to accept the fact that the community is really diverse and that everybody does poly differently because everyone meets different needs with poly. So mm -hmm. when you meet somebody new, it's really helpful to take nothing for granted and be explicit and, and be like, this is what I want. This is my deal. Mm -hmm. What's your deal? Um, yeah. How, how deep into the relationship do you do that? Is that like week one or is oh, that different for everybody? I mean... So if we're talking about me, yeah, I don't, I don't really, I don't really hold back. I'm pretty mm -hmm. upfront about, you know, I'm like, here's, here's my partner, here's her partner, here's our deal, here's what we do, here's what I'm available for, like mm -hmm. what um, I have to offer now, yeah, right. Here's, here's what I have to offer, and here's what I'm interested in getting. Yeah, do, is there, is there some compatibility there? I, for me, like if that's like a first date conversation. Yeah. I mean, again, for me, like I know people that yeah. that have different opinions on that and they're like, no, I, I mean, it's a need to know thing. Like we're not going to talk about my sexual uh, yeah, preferences and needs and desires until that's relevant to the yeah. conversation. And that's that's fine. Um, well, um, it's also probably different because you have a partner that you are like, a you know, a more or less primary partner that like is built into the the, the equation. You know what I mean? So like there are some hard like limits and you you have you know a lot of your needs filled and so I feel like when I go into a relationship as like you know super solo poly and then if someone else is super solo poly that's when I wonder like when are we like what do I I don't want to make them uncomfortable by you know trying to impose my expectations on them by asking this these questions and the conversation will be different once we get to know each other better you know Right. Um, so it's a it's a tough line to walk. I normally probably have that conversation too soon, but I'd rather do that and make them feel weird um, than like fuck somebody else <laughs> on accident, you know, sure, and yeah. be like, oh, I thought we were like super, you know, open and I didn't know I needed to let you know yet. And I hate that feeling like of like, oh, I fucked up. So I'd rather be like, hey, I'm going to fuck my ex when I'm sad. So. <laughs> right. I mean. <laughs> I, you guys are learning so much about me. I think um, people that prefer to have those conversations when they're pertinent, fine. And you're right. Mm -hmm. I, I, absolutely. I think one of the biggest differences um, between my situation and your situation is that most of my needs are filled right now. Um, I'm pretty well polysaturated at this point. Um, mm -hmm. So when I do go looking for another Do you partner, want to define polysaturated? Some sure. people might not know. It's one of my favorite words. Polysaturated just means that you are, all of your holes are filled, basically. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I, it, it just means that all of your needs are satisfied at this point. And, mm -hmm. and it can, 
it does have a dark side to it. Like you can be oversaturated. You can have be overdoing it. You can have too many partners or be spending too much time with other people. And that shows itself by a lack of self-care or a lack of personal time or, or you know, any, any other way that it would manifest negatively in your life. Mm-hmm. But at this point in my life, most of my needs are satisfied. So it makes it pretty simple when I go looking for another partner because it's... You like, already know exactly what you need. Right. I have like very few specific needs that that I would like to meet. And if you can meet them, great. You know, it, it really narrows that list down for me. Yeah. Whereas for me, I'm looking to find that, you know, because yeah. I'm so early in my life. I'm like 11. Um, I'm just kidding. I'm not 11. Um that's a joke that I tell a lot, but I'm realizing some of you might think that it's like getting really uncomfortable over here. Uh, I'm very young and I'm really, I'm, I'm pretty, you know, I'm pretty new to poly into relationships and fresh out of divorce and blah, blah, blah. Um, so I, I go looking for what I might want. Um, and so I think the boundaries conversation, whenever I have that with someone, I discover something new about them and about myself, really. Because uh, sometimes what I want from this one person isn't what I've ever wanted before. Um, and that's an exciting feeling, but I think the, the true mistake is thinking that that conversation won't be necessary. It's always necessary. Um, even if you feel like you know what's up and it's especially necessary for monos that are opening up their relationship, having a very in-depth, tearful, maybe in a bathtub, um, conversation (laughs) about what you want and how you'd like to transition. And there's going to be a lot of boundaries at first. Um, and so outlining every single thing you can possibly think of, like, is it okay if guys lick my toes? I need to know because someday you're going to be talking to him and he's going to be like, so what happened? And you're going to be like, oh, well, we didn't really do anything. He licked my toes a little. And then your boyfriend's gonna be like, oh, he licked your toe and get really mad and jealous. And then you have a riff in the relationship because you guys didn't talk about toe boundaries. Um, Definitely. Sorry. No. Your your examples, as always, are on point and applicable <laughs> to my life. Um, but, but no, I, I think you make a good point. It's not only making assumptions with new partners, but with existing partners. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what, what, yeah. 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 And you, also you, you the way it, that. You said it very well. Yeah. The toe thing helped. Um, mm-hmm. It's also that needs change. Expectations change. Boundaries change. Um, and so I think having the check-ins as well with partners that you've had for a long time is important. And if you're newly poly having check-ins, I would say like every fucking night, if you're newly poly and you're with a partner you've been with forever and it's uncomfortable for you to like roll over before bed and be like, Hey, how you feeling about being poly? Then get it together. Cause that's such an, you know, like things are going to change every day. Mm-hmm. You're learning new things. You're exploring new people. Um, and what you want and what you what you're not comfortable with yet are going to change every day. And it could be a couple steps back, but um, that's just an important conversation to have because you don't want to leave, especially a partner that you love and you've been with and you trust and that you want to trust you um, to feel fucked over when, you you know, really both of you just want what's best. Sure. Yeah. So to, to, to tie Bo in that first point, definitely. Um, yep. Communication. Communication is key. And not only communication, but not assuming anything or taking anything for granted. I learned that lesson the hard way when I was trying to transition into poly. Um, I assumed that a certain physical boundary was okay with new partners, and it turned out I was wrong. Mm-hmm. And that pretty much ended up being the death knell of my last mono into poly relationship. So don't assume anything. 
explicitly ask before you cross any potential boundaries. Yeah, that's how we learn. Mm-hmm. That's how I fucked up. I was like, fucking my ex. And I didn't realize, you know. And stupid, I, and stupid, it, stupid. <laughs> that's how you feel afterward. You feel so you're, you're reminded me, you know, in that same vein, be quick to forgive when boundaries are inevitably crossed during that transition period. Just mm-hmm. be be understanding. Especially if you haven't discussed them yet. Right. That's what if I'm saying. If you discuss a boundary and then they slip up, like, okay. You, you, you can, can you can be mad. A couple you, spankings. Yeah, right? sure. Whatever. Whatever you guys do. Whatever floats your boat. I don't know what you guys are into. Uh-huh. Um, but if the boundary hasn't been discussed, just imagine if you were on the other end. And you were just trying to do what's best for yourself in the relationships. And then you were like, oh, no. And then the person that you betrayed, the, the one that you love, yeah. can't forgive you. And then you're like double sad. Yeah. But you live, you learn. You do. You do. <laughs> Point number two, life coach. Point number two. He's got bullet points that I look keep, like sideways triangles. Looking at it. Little That's... pizza bullet points. What's pizza number two? So pizza number two is... It has to do with compersion and jealousy. Um, Essentially, I find that a lot of people, especially people that are new to poly, but but also people that have been doing it for a while, tend to think that compersion is absolutely necessary and vital in all situations. Do you want to define compersion for kids that haven't heard other episodes? Sure. Compersion is feeling happy for your partner when they're happy in other relationships. It's fairly unique to polyamory. So in other words... When your partner goes and has sex with somebody and you're like, yeah, that's that's basically compersion. Um, you go get some, girl. So I'm saying. And, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like within the poly community, we put a lot of pressure on other people to feel compersion. Yeah. And to say, you know, you should be happy for me because I'm, you know, off doing doing all these things. And uh, it's not it doesn't necessarily come naturally to anybody. It's not even necessarily vital to the relationship. Um, there are ways to work around it if it doesn't if you don't come by it naturally. Mm -hmm. And then also, conversely, people that feel jealousy, there's this huge negative stigma there. And, you know, that's... It's such a normal emotion. It's it's normal because our culture makes it so. Yeah. But but whatever whatever its origin, you know, adding guilt to that jealousy doesn't really help anything. It just kind of compounds the problem. Mm -hmm, Exactly. Like, oh, I shouldn't feel jealous. Right. And I do feel jealous. And oh no, I better stuff it down with some ice cream and never talk about it. <laughs> right. Um, and I think compar- I think this might be, this is probably true in polyculture, just like in the community where it's expected that compersion, once you start poly, is going to come supernaturally. Like you're going to learn, you know, immediately how it works. And in the same way that jealousy is a very natural emotion that comes to us like that, compersion takes a lot of time to learn and to build. Mm-hmm. And I'm a naturally pretty, like, compersive. Is compersive a word? Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll go with that. Okay. I'm a compersive person pretty naturally. I'm not very jealous. Um, but sometimes I still have trouble with um, FOMO, mm. the fear of missing out, mm-hmm. um, which I kind of lump into my jealousy Um, and so I try to negate that with the compersion that I'm good at, but I mean, all of these are like, they're tools, you know, and they're not a necessity. Like compersion doesn't mean that you're winning at poly. Right. It just means that you're a little bit better at it. Right. It's like a little, it's a tool (laughs) that you use to cope with something that you're not used to. Um, or it's a, it's a tool that you use to make yourself and your partner happy and you don't need it. You know, you can use duct tape, but, um, and it's, so it's not super necessary. And if you don't get it on the first few tries, then don't be discouraged. Um, 
because I think I think eventually for everyone it'll come naturally, but when you force it, I think it becomes a little toxic. It can. It can breed resentment. Yeah. It, it can. Um, it, it can. It can cause shaming within the relationship. Mm-hmm. So you know, it, it can. It can cause a divide. If and and kind of you know, in that same vein, something I wanted to touch on was like you don't have to be BFFs with your partner's partner. Like that's and and I feel like there's mm-hmm. there's also some pressure there where like your partner goes and makes makes a new friend or or has a new partner, and there's this weird expectation that then by by proxy you're in a relationship with that other person and that's not the case mm-hmm. i mean you you have a relationship in common with your with your common partner but there's nothing that says that you have to hang get out along with them. with them or yeah. yeah hang out with them or even like them or even think that they're a good person like it's it's it it is helpful it's mm-hmm. really helpful and if it's you, fun it can be. Yeah, I have a great relationship with my with my current meta and that mm-hmm. it makes it so much easier. Our our polycule functions very well. But mm-hmm. Oh, meta I, is uh meta is oh, short for metamore mm-hmm. and that is your partner's partner, which you could probably use context clues to figure out, but I just don't want you guys to think that hard. Sure. <laughs> uh <laughs> you do have a great relationship with your meta. I do. Mm-hmm. And and again it's it's great, but also if I didn't that would also be, be cool. okay mm-hmm. like we're we're grown men and we could not that whatever we're grown people and we could figure it out like mm-hmm. and and i don't know that that's that's pretty much all i wanted to say there yeah. you're not you're not obligated to be in a relationship with your partner's partners she probably likes you for different reasons mm-hmm. so celebrate those differences and don't feel like you have to conform mm-hmm. yeah that's true. Yeah, not every relationship in poly has to result in a polycule, you know? Yeah. Like, in my head, I would probably, I, like, vaguely use the term polycule for, like, this the people that I'm in relationships with and that my relationship people are in relationships with, you know? But when I talk about who's really seeing each other, you know, it they don't have to be in contact. They don't have to like each other. For me, it's more fun, and um, I enjoy that, and so that's what I look for. But not every person looks for that. Sometimes they look for a partner they can go away with and have like different time with and not interact. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, so it's not always, it doesn't always have to be in this little polycule perfect bubble. Your polycule can be spread out all over the continental United States, you know, um, or wherever you live. Uh, and it doesn't have to like attach and go back. It's not like a circuit, you know. Yeah, there there are people... I, I can think of a couple right now, no names, but I think there are a couple of but people. But you know who you are. <laughs> they're out there that that um that would disagree with me. There, I would mm-hmm. say that you know it's necessary. <sighs> well, maybe for them it is. Well, and that's what I'm saying. If if it's you each his own or if, her own, or right? Their own. I I just find that. So if you were on the flip side of that, let's say you know there's me and I'm in a relationship with this awesome person, and their meta is insisting on having a relationship with me um, even though I have no desire like I don't I don't you know whatever I don't think you're a bad person I just don't I don't have the time for you or I don't it's mm-hmm. not it's not you're not a part of my life that I'm trying to explore whatever for whatever reason you shouldn't feel bad about that you shouldn't feel bad about saying hey look I didn't sign up for you like you, yeah, you don't you true. don't you don't sign up for the package deal when you start dating somebody not necessarily and that's that's my perspective because that's more I'm more likely to be in that situation 
than to be chasing somebody down to try to be, you know, my BFF. Um, yeah. And this does, I mean, it's kind of a problem that can, you can go your, uh, your, a long time in your relationship and not really realize it, you know? And if you get down the line where you have a meta and you're like, oh, this is the first meta that I don't really care for, don't let that cause a, a riff in the relationship, you know? Whereas I think mono people just starting out, they're doing their best to like, try because i mean there's so much there can be a lot of different reasons that you don't like a meta especially if you're first starting out and it can be rooted in like jealousy i don't want to meet this person because i know it's going to make my heart break um or because it's gross for you you know that they're touching your partner um and but those thing those things won't come up unless you have that experience right and so it's it, just like everything else in poly that kind of sucks and is shitty it teaches you why you're insecure about that what it is about that that makes you uncomfortable and how to cope with it and make it easier for your partner to continue to have that relationship because you know that it makes your partner happy um so it's okay to not like the meta and it's a learning experience for everyone whether whether you've been you know in a poly marriage for like ever or you're just starting out um i'm really glad that we touched on that because i don't think about that a lot because i never really have a lot of metas you know right I mean, more than anything, I just want people to know that it's okay for you to have boundaries. It's okay for you to be an individual and to have preferences and mm-hmm. to, it's okay to not be okay. Like, yeah. it's okay to not be okay with every situation that comes your way. You don't always have to roll with the punches. It's okay for you to, you know, not want to be BFFs with your meta or to not be thrilled or compersive about every situation that, that you come across you're still a person you know we don't become buddhas when we enter into poly and that's okay yeah it's it's that is a common misconception yeah (laughs) and the the conception that um we are all little buddhas walking around like yeah we're fucked up like we're just like mono people trying to figure it out i think i think it does shock people um when i when i share things like that in the discussion group um uh Mm-hmm. because because i'm still dealing with stuff even even after all this time yeah and, we and, all are yeah there um, are a few relationships just like a monogamy that you look up to and you're like that's it mm-hmm. they did it mm-hmm. but i'm there's even fewer in polyamory than monogamy because there's so many fucking variables yeah exactly yeah i do want to touch on i want to touch on like um the nre couples privilege heteronormity stuff that heteronormity um Nor- norma- normativity. normativity yeah, yeah okay. normativity um and the my favorite is the one penis policy mm-hmm. um as a bisexual woman okay i think i honestly think one penis policy and unicorns kind of go hand in hand do you believe me let uh, me tell you why they i mean okay i can because because they both commonly occur with people that are new to poly i would say that there's a there's a fair amount of overlap there but no go ahead i didn't interrupt and no 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 you didn't interrupt uh, we'll fight later um and <laughs> Uh, they surround bisexual women, which in poly, I feel, are very uh, coveted and objectified. Mm-hmm. And maybe I just feel that because I'm bi and I it feels like I'm just being like circled like a fucking like they're vultures around me because it that to me seems like what the stereotype for polyamory is, is to like have a couple, you know, that brings in a, a girl and that would be a unicorn. Right. Mm-hmm. And then they can both sleep with her. And, you know, the the female in the couple gets her queer needs met and the male in the couple gets his sex needs met. But you don't really hear that situation with a male. Generally, when you hear about unicorns, that's the only kind of opening up that that relationship does. So they just kind of like use that girl and then let her go. Um, 
And that's not always the case. I'm kind of technically a unicorn in my relationship that I'm in right now. And it's not like that, um, even though it's like I'm bi and then they're, you know, both. It's like a little triad. Um, But unicorn hunting is the predatory behavior that couples have trying to look for that, you know, the unicorn, which is rare. Um, And then with the one penis policy, that's when a couple normally when they first open up their relationship, um, the girl is only allowed to sleep with other women. Mm-hmm. And not other men, because the guy in the relationship doesn't feel comfortable with her being penetrated by another man. Uh, and in both of those situations, the guy gets what he wants. Like the guy gets two women and it's like the best kind of threesome. And he never never has to deal with his girl having another dick in her. Um, and then in the one penis policy, it's the same situation, just a little more blunt. I, I yeah, I see where you're coming from there. Let's um, let's let's separate the two and def- and flesh them out a little bit more so that we can. So yeah. that we can be clear, we're defining them well. So, as you say, unicorn hunting, and 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 by the way, I totally agree. Before we move any further, I totally agree that there is a strong, I mean, as with every other piece of our culture, right? The patriarchy <laughs> is present, and yeah. men do tend to, or at least try to exert and get exactly what they want without ever having to give anything up. And so, mm-hmm. as you say, you know, there is this tendency, especially within the there is very much a prevalent heteronormativity within the poly community here in America. Um, and, and it's very much male dominant. Um, although becoming less and less so as time goes on. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, I agree. At least here in our little hippie bubble. Sure. I've been noticing a bit of I a mean, shift as well. I mean, also we live in Texas. Like, let's, let's be, <laughs> let's be blunt. Um, but, uh, but okay. So unicorn hunting, unicorn hunting, as you say, is, uh, um, where a, an established couple, typically one that is new to polyamory goes looking for a a sexual or or a third person that they can explore an open relationship with as you say it's very much it's very common for that third person to be a bisexual attractive woman Mm -hmm. um, because that's safe that's safe for the dude because holy crap that's like <laughs> that's every straight guy's fantasy is yeah. to bring another chick home um, so mono people that are listening to this if your ears perked up put them right back down i was gonna say um <laughs> and and the reason that the third person is called a unicorn is because it's it's fucking mythical it's 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 wishful thinking to assume that there's one of these people out there for every new poly couple to just go and cherry pick and and take back home Mm -hmm. and and that that person's going to want that right and that they're going to be compatible with both of you simultaneously with all of your crazy new poly couple things like everything you're learning and dealing with you know Mm -hmm. it's 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 kind of a perfect storm um of just (laughs) uh a lot of expectations, like we were saying right. before. A lot of assumptions. It has the potential for a lot of mismatched expectations, a lot of hurt feelings, a lot of miscommunication. Mm-hmm. And it does have kind of a negative stigma within the community for exactly that reason. Because it can have a victim, you know. If yes. that unicorn is really um, looking for a triad that's fulfilling or is in love with one of them and really into one of them and now expected to kind of be with have them. to relinquish that and like release a boundary they're not ready for, you know, exactly. Not all, you know, attracted bisexual women want that. And I can honestly say probably very few want that. Right. Well, and, and you touched on something that's very true. Statistically speaking, or just like, you know, I mean, you, you can, 
you can just think of it logically, if anything were to go wrong in that situation, who's the first person that's going to get cut and dumped yeah, out of it? Exactly. It's, it's the it's the third wheel. It's the new chick. And so if anything goes wrong, if that new couple finds a boundary or a trigger that they're not willing to deal with, guess what? You're gone. You're mm-hmm. you're cut off. And that's unfortunately a very common story and why so many young solo poly bisexual women within the community have have learned to shy away from couples like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned couple privilege. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. That's pretty much what couple privilege is. Yeah. It's on the list of things that couples can get away with because everyone feels like, I don't know, I guess maybe I'm a little bitter because I'm solo poly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess it's really how it works is there when there are two people together, they have more weight. Um, than just like a little, little solo poly crazy chick. Well, a buddy of mine uses a really great metaphor, and he says, you know, if, if you think of it in, in Wild West terms, you can't just show up to a new town in the Wild West and expect to have as much rapport or respect as the sheriff who's been there for 30 years. Um, mm-hmm. So establish relationships. I often think of things in Wild West terms, actually. Well, well there you go. <laughs> you think of things in a lot of a lot of interesting terms, Brett. I just pretend. Um <laughs> But um, so establish relationships. So if we define privilege as having an advantage, like one person has an advantage in a situation, couples have an advantage in situations mm-hmm. like that. Uh, and that's fine as long as those advantages are not used to hurt or exploit the third mm-hmm. person or to put restrictions or limitations on them that are unfair or not explicitly communicated ahead of time. Yeah, exactly. Um, True that. Preach on. Mm-hmm. What was the other thing? One penis policy. Oh, one penis policy. I have to ask you a question. What's that? What is it with guys and dicks? I mean, they have them. They have dicks. Yeah. I don't understand. And like, okay, so a perfect virginal woman, mm. right? Never yes. been touched by a dick. Of course. Super valuable, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then a dick touches her. Uh-huh. Whoops, not so valuable anymore. Sure, yeah. So like, what's wrong with dicks? <laughs> Like, why are dicks, what are they doing to us? Well, a long time ago, like 5,000 years ago, Brit, I don't, I don't know. What? Yeah, there's no way to know. It's the entirety of our culture right there. I know. Um, But in the context of polyamory and of the one penis policy, generally, you know, as we explained before, the guy is ready to open up the relationship, but hey, I only want you to sleep with women and I'm only going to sleep with women and I get to sleep with whoever I want and you don't get to sleep with guys. Right. Um, Again, very common within new couples. So Mm -hmm. hetero, heterosexual couples that are opening it up. The dude is like, well, yeah, I'm okay with opening the relationship up, but I'm not okay with you having sex with other men because I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to deal with the possibility that there are other penises out there. I just don't accept that as a reality or that any of them might be, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm best penis. Number one, you know, I'm super macho. That sounds like a pornography dry cleaner name. Yes. Best penis. Number one. (laughs) Um, Um, yeah, I get this a lot when I'm dating mono guys for the first time and trying to pollinate them, you know, uh, and they'll be like, oh, yeah, that's cool because you can just sleep with girls, right? And I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> or, and this is a conversation that gets had a lot, is um, you don't like talk to other guys about like each other's dicks, right? Like you're not going to compare sizes and stuff. And that I never knew that would be a problem for anyone. But apparently, I mean, I can say like four out of five mono guys that I'm trying to introduce to lifestyle get very concerned that I will share their dick size. <laughs> Is that why I don't I mean, the dick size has so little to do with the act of sex as a whole. 
uh, that it blows my mind. But it's got to be some like I guess it's like a deep rooted like societal I don't know. Of course it is. Oh, that I mean like you want to talk about you know beauty standards with women and how fucked that is. Yeah. Let's talk about. You know, oh the, yeah, maybe that's true. Maybe because the standards for women are kind of like evenly distributed around their body. Yeah. For guys, it's the same way, but it's, it's all centered. concentrated. Well, no, I mean like cross. it's not. It's it's. <laughs> first of all, let me just be clear. I don't want to compare the situations between men and women as far as beauty standards are concerned because it's a dangerous slippery slope because all of them are propagated by men so let's just let's Mm -hmm. just be real here we're doing it to ourselves um second of all i think that there are some high levels of pressure there you know Mm -hmm. you've got to have six-pack abs you've got to have a high-performing job and drive a nice car and have a nice watch and be a provider and be super masculine and be able to like punch guys in the face and Mm -hmm. and never cry never cry ever um he's crying right now i am no but uh (laughs) but i think that yeah so so to sum all that up the one penis policy is dumb it's dumb and it it (sighs) that's one of those boundaries that i cannot like most boundaries i get like and that's going to be training wheels for later for me the one penis policy is so so unequal that it makes me, I don't, I just can't see it working if that's, that's the, what you think. That's the thing. Like, it would be un, it would be bad in the other direction, too. Like, mm-hmm. if there was a woman out there, I, I can honestly say that I don't know that I've ever come across this situation. But if there was a new uh, mono couple that was opening up and the woman was like, you can't sleep with any other chicks. You can sleep with other dudes. That's fine. You can't mm-hmm. sleep with other chicks. That would be equally fucked up. It just doesn't ever happen that yeah. way. And if that's your starting point for what you think is acceptable and how you want it to go, right. it's not going to work. It's, it's going to fall down like a house of cards. Well, I mean, I've to be fair, again, I've known couples that have done that. I've known couples that have gone for you know years and years and years with a one penis policy, and they it appears to be working for them. But, I mean, it's just the one... <laughs> Holding people to a double standard is never a good idea. Yeah. And especially not in relationships. So, like, if you don't want your girl out having sex with people, I don't know. And and But, yeah. but at the same time, you want the freedom to go and fuck all the things. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's pretty irre- irreconcilable as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I can see naturally if a girl's a little more on the queer side mm-hmm. and she just wants to open up the relationship because she wants to sleep with other women and that's all but i can't see setting that boundary saying like yeah we're gonna open up a relationship but like if the like not dudes mm-hmm. you know i don't know i'm not the god i'm not the poly god <laughs> it just pisses me off <laughs> i feel that yeah but you know i would say it's probably less i don't really see it all that often it's mm-hmm. it's often enough to make mention of it but yeah I think people generally know better. Mm-hmm. And I think once I like I think that people kind of gravitate towards that if they are with a queer partner, but then I would hope that it doesn't take long for them to realize, mm-hmm. you know, what it's doing to them. Yeah. And to themselves. Uh and NRE, if you want to touch on that. Oh yeah. 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 NRE is new relationship energy. Mm-hmm. I mentioned it on Facebook the other day. We we should do a whole episode on it for sure. Um, but new relationship energy is when you kind of, uh, you get into a relationship and you're like super ecstatic about this new relationship and you're so excited to talk about it, uh, and where the mistake comes in, the common poly mistake, even for couples that have been around forever, um, or cules that have been around forever, um, 
is that this new relationship energy is detracting from the current relationships that you're in. Right. Um, there is, I mean, there's a lot of science to support. Your brain goes through some pretty wacky chemical changes when you meet somebody new and you become infatuated with them. And it tends to override a lot of the uh, self-control parts of the, the, the prefrontal cortex, the pieces of your brain that are supposed to control impulses. and The one that says, put on a condom! And, and the one that's like, prior, you know, prioritize your long-time established relationship as mm. well. You know, make sure that you don't neglect your existing partners. So just my advice with NRE is just that it's it's fucking great. Like, I love NRE. I love that that feeling, that energy you get when somebody likes you. And discovering a new person and learning all these new things about them and yeah. about yourself. It's great. It's so good. I think, honestly, NRE is like, why I'm Polly? Like, yeah. I just get high on that shit. Sure. And I love sharing it with my partners. Mm -hmm. You know? Like, oh, I love it. Yeah. It's good. But... Um, it it has the potential. There's a dark side of the moon, everybody. It just it has the potential to fuck your shit up. It has the potential to like seriously damage or detract from other parts of your life to include your other relationships and mm -hmm. and cause hurt feelings and jealousy and feelings of neglect. Um, on their end, right? Yeah, I think a good defense is to, uh, you know, share with your current partners the energy kind of like, ooh, belch, coffee belch, uh, <laughs> to share the, to bring them into the NRE bubble, so to speak, you know, like to help them feel what you're feeling, you know, and kind of get a little compersion base going with this new partner. Um, but also when you're with a new partner and you're spending a lot of time with them and it's detracting from the time with your partner, um, to try to communicate, like, this is what I still love about you. Just like, because you do have a responsibility to them to still make them feel in however, whatever capacity you can, that they're, they're wanted and appreciated. But then from the partner's side, that's watching their partner have NRE, you know, mm -hmm. um, it's important. You have a responsibility to your partner to appreciate that they are um, to appreciate that they're having a good time and that they're falling in love and that it's only going to make your relationships stronger and more diverse and have a lot of new things, you know? Uh, and I think that can get lost in the kind of like, Oh, they're spending a lot of time away and I'm by myself, you know, and those are all valid. Um, but I don't think that, I don't think that polyamory um, lends itself to that. I think that we do it because it's good. And so to focus on the good parts of it is important and it's not always easy. Um, but to try to help your partner communicate with you, the NRE. And um, if you're the kind of person that likes to have relationships with metas to, you know, be a part of that and to be supportive, do some yoga. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but I think NRE is great. And I was just in a, we broke up, but I was in, I have my triad and then I had like a new boyfriend and then this new boyfriend and I were like, oh, like so NRE, like, uh. So I go home to my couple and I'm like super excited to tell them like, this is what we did today. And like, this is the kind of sex we're having. And like, he'd like, you know, would he would decode my dreams for me. And so I would be excited to share that with them. Uh, and so even though they didn't know this guy and they probably, you know, won't, well, I mean, like we broke up now, so obviously, but in relationships where I have like an exterior third party, like they probably won't meet him for a while. Um, but it's exciting to like talk about that with them. And so that's kind of, and also they have, you know, each other. So 
and we all have NRE still because we're in such a new relationship. And I just, I feel like that's why we do what we do. And I think it's something that can happen. I mean, even in monogamous relationships when you first start, but it's also something you can revisit and, you know, bring up again. Like when you learn something new about your partner, there's a, all, there's a whole new like surge of NRE, you know, it's pretty cool. I remember that when um, my current partner met her other partner, it was one of the best things that ever happened to our relationship. It, um, yeah, and that That's spark, so that spark of NRE, really revitalized our relationship. We'd been dating for a year, so not not, you know, not an incredible length of time, mm-hmm. but it it changed us and it pushed us and it made us grow in a lot of different ways. Um, I, and I definitely remember that being a high point. It was just like seeing how happy she was and excited, you know, and, and all of those good feelings and that compersion. So like in, in the best of, in the best of uh, situations, NRE is coupled with an incredible amount of compersion on the part of the other partner. And they get to kind of leech off of that joy and that happiness and it carries over into their life. Mm-hmm. Um, and also it's the relief of responsibility. Like if your partner goes and finds another person, guess what? You're now, consequently less responsible for their happiness it's it's less i know and that's that's i actually i rarely think about it that way but you're totally fucking right like i I have more free time i can knit again exactly (laughs) i i uh all of a sudden i was able to have like two or three nights a week to myself and yeah there's there's a transition period and that's hard Mm -hmm. at times um but it, it it gives you more freedom it allows you to be more autonomous and and to be an individual um Mm -hmm. or to find a partner Right. That you also want to spend that time with. Right. Um, But no, I I think that NRE is one of, you're right, NRE is one of the best things about poly. And the fact that you get to experience it more or less as often as you want or need to, which is great. Um, It is good to recognize that there's a downside to it, especially for people that are new to poly and don't know how to mitigate it don't know that they should mitigate it. And it's the first time that this has happened and they're like, oh no, I'm losing my partner. Yeah. Yeah, it's not lost. It's just, and it'll wear off. It, it well, you know. <laughs> if it, they continue to see that person. Sure, you know, yeah. Eventually it'll become, what's the opposite of NRE? Established relationship. Established NRE, yeah. Mm-hmm. We're going to do it. We're going to do an NRE-ERE episode, okay? Mm-hmm. Okay, guys. I like this um, Jay Walker fucking coaching put together this bullet point thing, and I think it really helped. Mm-hmm. I think it helped. Yeah. Yeah. It made me feel more comfortable, a little more relaxed. <laughs> I like it. Good bullet points. Um, thank you to, we're going to wrap up. Thank you to Mockingbird Network for hosting us. Of course, um, Mockingbird Network is killing the game. We just had a Christmas party and we talked about all our listeners and how much we love you. Um, please check out the other podcasts, especially Relationship, hosted by my very good comedy friends, uh, Stacey Daniels and Oha Lopez. Uh, Stacey is just a podcast powerhouse and she's so great and I love the show that she's created and I was on it recently. Um, so I would love for you to go listen to it, to, to my episode, if not all the other episodes. And then another podcast I'm on is Ryan's Crush Corner, um, which is a Mockingbird Network favorite. And it's so cute and funny where a comic, uh, who's very shy talks to girls that he has crushes on and it is so fucking adorable. Uh, and I was the first guest, so I'm on episode one. So go listen to that too. And if you like it, keep listening. And if you guys could rate us and subscribe, that would be super, super helpful, but you guys are doing a great job listening to the podcast. And thank you to Jay Walker coaching, jaywalkercoaching.com for just coaching me through life and through this podcast. Mm -hmm. 
um, and helping me. You should go check out his work because he, not even just in the spectrum of polyamory, he can make you a better person um, and a more organized person. And hopefully, if you're open to it, a happier person. That is, Those are really high standards and I, I appreciate your faith. Thank you. Thank yeah, you no, that. I told, I believe that about myself. I believe that you've helped me a lot and a lot of other people. Um, and if you haven't considered a life coach, I definitely recommend Johnny jwalkercoaching.com and a uh, special thanks to our sponsor the Houston Polyamorous Organization um, we write content for their website so you can go to houstonpoly.org and see all that stuff and events coming up and um, get in touch with the peer discussion group that meets weekly come to all the mixers and meet people and get an in meet maybe meet me in person hey probably not because I don't go to a lot of them because I work on the day that they occur um, but maybe one day I'll see you on my day off okay Thank you guys for listening. <sighs> Lots of announcements. Um, and I hope to hear you listening to us again. Bye. Love you. Later, guys. I'm Britt Vasacek with Polly Wanna Podcast. Are you interested in polyamory? Do you even know what polyamory is? You can tune in to Polly Wanna Podcast. We interview comedians, counselors, and regular people to get a peek inside of the world of open relationships and ethical non-monogamy. I'm really fascinated by the conversations that I have with these people, and I'm really excited to share those conversations with you. You can find Pollywana Podcast at bulletbrit.com or at the Mockingbird Network. Mockingbird Network.